Welcome to a study in Sakuga. I am your anime Watson, and I am flying without our anime Sherlock today. Uh, we've solved so many cases, and yet we can't seem to solve the mystery of how to get our schedules to line up. So, in lieu of Lexi, today we'll be having uh, friend of the friends of the pod, Isaac and Katie. Now, Isaac, Katie, as is a long-straining tradition on the Study in Sakuga podcast. I'm the anime Watson. Lexi's the anime Sherlock. I need to know who your detective personas are as we go into the podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah, I suppose I'll start. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Isaac, and I am your anime Sean Spencer? John perhaps? Spencer. <laughs> I mean, that fits. Uh, yeah, my... Uh, my methods are uh, many and often uh, confusing, but I think I get to the right answer most of the time. Okay. Yeah. Katie, do you have an idea in your head? Are you the anime? Um, I've been th- or what have you been thinking? <laughs> well, okay, so I wasn't going to assign one for you, but I was taking a walk today. I was walking my dog, and I was like, if I wasn't pigeonholed into being the anime Watson... I'd be the anime Inspector Gadget. I think that would be so fun Ooh. as a choice. Do you have okay. one in your head? It could be pretty loose, you know, as long as they've solved a mystery. Mm. I guess Isaac and I were talking about who I could be, and we've talked about Detective Pikachu. I think that's a great get. He's definitely solved crime. Mm-hmm. And he is the smallest and cutest detective, which I think is you. To <laughs> I a think incredibly fitting. Yeah, I can't think of a. Is there? I know I can't think of any smaller detectives. I guess. Um, I was thinking, is House cuter? No, Doctor House from the the TV show House. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's. I guess that depends on who you ask. We've all got different, uh, you know, persuasions. Uh, in terms of what we find cute and don't. I think House is adorable, personally. I think, what a cute the way he limps. Guy, honestly. Okay, and I was thinking about this, too. The more that I think about House, the more, like, great show. But the more I realized it's they didn't even try to fact, like, hide the fact that it was a, uh, like, Sherlock Holmes-inspired thing. Holmes. Oh, yeah, I guess House, I guess that is, that is true. That his, yeah, his best friend is named... Wilson to Watson like I don't know it feels like feels like they didn't even try to hide it all that much yeah no very clearly telegraphed uh, for sure here's another okay one more fun uh, detective that I was thinking about and then we can actually move on to what we came here to talk about which is the Mm -hmm. anime but uh, what if somebody was the like Sherlock Holmes, but it was the elementary version. You know, the American Sherlock Holmes adaptation. So you weren't Benedict Cumberbatch, but are you familiar with Elementary, starring Lucy Liu as Watson? Uh, vaguely, yeah. No, that also makes sense. 
Johnny that would be a fun pick for you. He could do it. Um, well, uh, I want to get into what we came here to talk about today. Since Lexi's out, we're not actually going to be talking about My Hair Academia, which I know Lexi is super bummed about, seeing as she's so high on My Hair Academia. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I uh, asked you guys to be on yesterday, and you very kindly agreed. And I was like, well, we can talk about anything. We can talk about a movie. We can talk about a show that you guys both like. Um, and you guys pitched me on, is it spy family or spy times family? Like, how do you pronounce the X in these? I believe it's just spy family. I've never been clear on how that works either. Spy by family, spy times family. Right. Cause like Katie, like Hunter, Hunter, we just say Hunter, Hunter, but there are X's in there, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it is just spy family. The X is probably... Um, something fun that the Japanese language wants to add on. Well, I think Hunter Hunter is like the exact inspiration for naming it this way. Really? I don't um, think it has any similarity to Hunter Hunter other than that, but it is a fun naming convention. Well, I might name I, my children that way. Yeah, that's that's great. I think you should. Uh, like your name would be Isaac Times Woolery. Isaac X. Yeah. Wooler, excuse me, not times. That would imply that you're multiplying your first name by your last name. Uh, hey, it's however you want to read it. <laughs> do Okay, so a couple of quick questions for you guys. Why did you pitch me on Spy Family? Why was that your go-to for like, oh shit, Holden doesn't know anything and he especially should watch Spy Family? Well, so the first thing that we know about your, uh, your show here is that um, you know, it's structured around the theme of being a, a detective mm-hmm. and what is a spy but a detective solving crimes for somebody else's political gain. Um, so I thought that was a fun inroad to this. And aside from that, it's just like a really fun, wacky uh, anime that we've really been enjoying um, as it's coming out. It's in the middle of its like second season right now. Um, I will say that I thought... It's a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. I oh it was yeah, it's cute, but I didn't think it was actually going to be funny with well-written jokes. Oh yeah, the comedy beats in this are incredible, and like they often underlie uh, really dark themes. Um, but they never let you like like linger too long in. Oh, everybody's situation in life is horrible. Like the comedy beats are just impeccable around. Um, you know, everybody's life situation. They really do it well. Um, so maybe I can ask just briefly if you guys both want to just give me your, like a, this is going to sound like a brief history of time, but if you just give me both of you like a brief history of like your relationship with anime, I'm obviously coming into it arguably too late in life. Uh, did you, did you like watch too much Dragon Ball Z as a kid or you're like, got into it in college or what do you what do you both what's uh the timeline for both of you um for me anyway you know how when your parents just want you to do your own thing and they just turn on the tv in the mornings or in the afternoon um in the mornings while i was getting ready for school it was always sailor moon so i suppose 
that's how I got into anime before realizing that it was anime. Um, and then having Toonami around all the time, late at night when, yeah, (laughs) or middle of the day, late at night when all of, everyone's asleep, but you can't sleep because, you know, kids rhythm is kind of different. Toonami is really peak summer vacation. Like you're out of school and, uh, it's 2 a.m. and your parents have to go to work tomorrow, but you can turn your TV down all the way and watch Toonami late at light, which mm-hmm. is the only way that I watched any Dragon Ball. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I I think I was probably pretty similar in, in that vein of like, um, you don't understand that what you're watching is anime technically. Um, I mean, the Pokemon Indigo League TV show, mm-hmm. you know, um, can I say that I love that you clarified that it was the Indigo League? You didn't have to. You <laughs> Nobody was out here thinking you were watching the black and white, like Pokemon black and white anime. Well, you know, I yeah, if I didn't specify, like, um, I, that means I could have started, like, last year um, watching anime and Pokemon. Um, that would have been the so, time to do it, right? When Ash retired, you're like, I'm, you know what? I heard he retired. I'm get into I'm this. Gonna check, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see what it's about. <laughs> But yeah, and then having that same exact experience of like, okay, I don't really understand that Pokemon is anime, and then getting into Dragon Ball, and I understand that that is anime, but then Toonami is kind of where it blew up at my friend's house. Um, you know, we'd be up far later than we probably should have been, um, and some of these things come on. You know, uh, as 12-year-olds, I don't think Ghost in the Shell was probably the right movie for us, um, but it did awaken a lot of things in me as an anime fan. I mean that's a good um, that's a good one to have seen too soon. I feel like a lot of people are like I sh- definitely should not have watched like Evangelion uh, at the age that I did, but here we are. Too late for me. I mean, I felt that way, and I watched it when I was twenty five. It was too it early prob- for me. I have yet to watch it, and I know everyone has been scolding me that I should. But boy, it, it seems like it's gonna hit a. Uh, me close to 30 in a in a way different way than it would have if i was a teenager so Gonna, yeah um, sounds like it's primed to fuck me up is what i'm saying no i think that's absolutely correct um i'm still reeling from it uh so many years later um but no, yeah, get on it. What are you waiting for? I mean, I, I can't watch anime. You know this. I can't watch anime unless it's in service of this podcast, which is kind of a shame because I got to the end of the second episode and I was like, I could watch another one of these. I could watch the whole season right now. <laughs> but I can't do it. I have to save it. Um, and on that note, we are talking about Spy Family today. Season one, episode one, Operation Strix, which I mm-hmm. don't understand the naming convention. What is it? Like, is it Strix? Is it just a cool-sounding word? Am I missing something? I think that, I think it's absolutely just a cool-sounding word. I mean, I respect that. If I was a spy naming my operations, that's probably how I would do it. Um, crucial question before we start. I, of course, know Lexi's watching habits, but I um, need to know yours. Are you dub people or sub people? Oh, subs all day. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're gonna have, we had a different experience then. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, you, watched, you watched the dub for this one. I actually thought that dub. Now I have a lot of problems with dubs sometimes because I'm like, I get burned so often because so many of them are pretty bad. This one I actually think might be worth watching in English just to see the comparison. 
Um, they do a really good job, I thought. Now, newer is that animes, because... Think... No, go ahead, Katie. A newer animes, I think, are more, like, on the beat of the actual anime. Older ones kind of, like, did their own thing, for sure. Yeah, the, the problem I run into with older anime is, like, I'm like, I don't know who they got to do this, but I they should have localized the translation better or, like, given the, the voice actor more decision here because it can be rough. Um, but this one I thought was real good. I liked it. Um, well, I suppose we should get into the episode. I, I think we're going to go maybe quicker than we normally do, but I'd still like to talk to you about the first episode. Opens with a bang. Assass- like an assassination within the first 30 seconds. Huge. Oh, yeah. Car driven off a bridge explodes. I Fiery death for a... For the president of the United yeah. States just killed on screen. Um, some sort of shadowy organization. They've got a cool logo with an eye. So that seems, you know, for like a spy thriller show, ominous, you know? I guess you've seen the whole two seasons, so you would. Oh, yeah. It's, uh... The way it goes down later on. um, But there there are a lot of fun breadcrumbs that you get um, kind of early on. And um, what kills me about it is that this... um, This first 30 seconds, like, really tells you everything you need to know about the anime. Almost in its entirely in its entirety. It's a good uh, encapsulation. Oh yeah, I mean, horrible fiery death, instant uh, cut to the conflict in our you know fictionalized mid-century you know divided Berlin, um, intense paranoia on all sides, and then what do we find out was the uh, the get for for our hero's first mission, uh, but. Photos of a diplomat minister. wearing a, uh, yeah, the prime minister wearing a toupee. Uh, which is and that damning, was the, I guess it was it was damning. It was, which we we find out later. I guess that means that he can't be trusted. Honesty is uh, is everything. Honesty is everything, and the fact that you have a hairpiece <laughs> means that you're. What else are you hiding? Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a cool moment here where uh, the person who took the photos, a spy who's dressed exactly like a spy. I love that over the course of these two episodes, you find out that spies are just kind of a going concern in this setting. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, shit. A guy I worked with was a spy. I reported him to the police, you know, and they found out, like, they captured him and everything. And that just, like, happens sometimes. But the people who are actually working as a spy dress like spies, like in the black trench coat and fedora combo. Uh-huh. Yeah, I it's, love that. It's really poking fun at the kind of like, uh, you know, Red Scare, like, uh, you know, post-World War II, like, who's a sure. communist? Maybe everyone's a communist. You know? It really is. There's a fun paranoia thing here. And... and we do get a fun Mission Impossible face reveal uh, because the man who is selling these photos to the supposed buyer uh, realizes a second too late that he sold them to, would you believe it, a spy in disguise instead. Oh, uh, how could that possibly be? 
<laughs> Who would have guessed? Uh, one thing I really enjoyed was the voiceover. Um, you get you get like a voiceover in like My Hero Academia with Deku, who's just kind of narrating his life, um, and, so, and mm-hmm. like does like a dramatic pause at the end of episode, and he says shit like. But we never knew what was going to happen the next day, or we'd never go to class. And you're like, okay, Deku, like, we get it. Watch <laughs> the next one. Um, this one's like almost a Arrested Development Ron Howard narrator. Oh yeah, it's so uh, it's so wry. It's so like thing happens, and then uh, you know that was not supposed to happen. You know, it was it's um, we it's like at we... odds with the character. Yeah, Eddie pokes funny, makes jokes about the characters as we're watching, which is kind of refreshing. Uh, but this is this is the reveal of Agent Twilight. Uh, I don't actually know his real name. He's just that good of a spy, I guess. Well, so here's um, the thing: is I believe he no longer knows his real name either. Whatever his identity was before he became a spy, he cast it aside. He is a oh, man. Shit fully devoted to uh this life and so he's like will smith and men in black uh yeah he is he um he cannot go back he is he's twilight and only twilight now which is a pretty badass mononym i think it's, it's good it's a lot better than um uh what's your name sorry i gotta catch up on all these names his future wife's name which is i think thorn princess thorn princess yeah that's right no i think probably could have used some workshopping uh but twilight has stolen the photos and uh we successfully and we cut to him having dinner uh with the opposition's daughter whose name is karen in the dub which i thought was funny Karen in the sub too. Oh shit! Yeah, she's uh, she's a Karen on both continents. Uh, the comic delivery here of seeing a, another couple at another table get uh, engaged. There's an active proposal happening, uh, and she's like, "Ah, could be us." And he's like, "No, actually, <laughs> my mission's <laughs> over. So I think we should break up. You're not very smart." <laughs> I say Twilight is uh is not a nice person. Uh, <laughs> I find you unintelligent. It's time for us to break up. You could just lie about that. You know, you don't have to be like I think that you're dumb. Actually, <laughs> like I. Oh, what's I the uh, wanna... yeah? What's the the line here? I'm afraid I can't sense any intelligence in your conversations. <laughs> Oof, buddy. That's rough. Uh, so sorry, Karen. Uh, yeah. Best of luck to you. <laughs> like it's a job interview. Uh, and then this is where we learn after after this that he is uh, he has like resigned himself to this life. You know, he's, he walks outside and burns the photos and says, "Marriage, happiness." Yeah, that's not for me. me. I'm a, I've, I abandoned those uh, uh, human desires when I like a <laughs> when I sold stretch. my soul. Yeah, there's like a record stretch right before the title. It's like, mm, maybe not, actually. <laughs> uh, we 
so okay so the setting katie maybe you can fill me in a little bit more but it is like a fake germany right they, i think they call it westalis at one point or is it just straight up germany um i suppose it is a european looking um area this was throwing me at first because i was like anytime i see an anime i'm like that's japan uh right so the fact that there was like assigned to belfast i was like is that is that mean that like but then they also call it west west Alice, and i was like i don't know where we are in the world right now hard for me to pin down yeah i think we are meant to be in like a fictionalized east west germany situation and that would make their city berlin for this but they do call it west Alice. And uh, Astania is the uh, and the opposing Astania. side. I see. Which uh, Twilight is a spy for Westalis. Right. Does that mean he's operating in Westalis or he's operating in the other one? Probably the other one, right? I would guess so. They don't make that super clear, and I gather that it like just doesn't matter. Like spy shit kind of happens. Everywhere. on both sides of the wall so well i love that as a card carrying spy twilight uh also has a trench coat and fedora combo as he should um there's a cool sequence here where he's riding the train and there's coded messages to him in the newspaper uh-huh yeah uh and we also get our eventual final target in the paper of the craziest looking guy i've ever seen in my whole life Oh yeah, he is. Uh, he is not well. This man. Uh, he doesn't. Look the target well. is not well. Um, but we kind of get the we kind of get the setup in this scene of I guess the premise for at least the first season, but I can't speak to that because I've only seen two episodes. But they want Twilight to get a wife and kid so that he can infiltrate a fancy prep school for kids. Uh, mm-hmm. where the his eventual target has a kid enrolled, and he's a recluse, otherwise they try it a different way. But the only thing he ever shows up to are things with his kid. Or like there's like a special meeting or summit at the end of the year that he shows up to. Yeah, but, but other than that, yeah, he's like... This is the only conceivable way to to get at this There's man. There's no other is... way. We, <laughs> we can't think of one any other any other thing to do. So I guess we're, I guess this is the the quickest way is for you to adopt a kid and get married. Real okay. I the voiceover gives me real Agent Forty Seven vibes, where it's like Agent Forty Seven. Your target is. To kill a guy in front of a groom full of kids, and you're like, oh shit, well, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely see that. Um, yeah. Um, poor guy has, uh, I, don't, I don't know much about this target other than that he's got crazy eyes, but he gives me bad vibes. Um, now, Twilight does eventually get an apartment. Uh, and he has it under the name, uh, Forger, 
which is <laughs> the funniest fucking name that you could possibly have for a spy. Top tier. Is that the same for the sub? Yes. Yep, he is okay. he is Lloyd Forger. Uh that is his that is his uh alias uh for this, which is incredible given the paranoia that everybody experiences uh in this world. Uh that your last name is like you're Lloyd Liar? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? <laughs> it really is. It really is uh uh, my name is Deborah. Fake name, like yeah. don't ask questions. <laughs> uh, I he think gets it the really par- is... No, go ahead, Katie. I was gonna say, um, I think it really is like an anime thing where they name their characters, uh, like upon what kind of character they're supposed to be. Um, so maybe like in their world, it's nothing uh, that is very suspicious but for us the viewers it's like oh hey this person we can connect that they're a spy see i like it i think more people should just have names that secretly or even like obviously say what they're about i think that would just save us a whole bunch of time that would Um, be very funny i i'm a liar but at least i'm honest about that i'm honest about i'm an honest liar uh I also think it's funny to see, like, think of Twilight sitting in a room and, like, trying to pick a fake name for himself. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've got to pick Forger. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, it's right there. It's right there. And no one's even going to be like, oh, yeah. Well, what a what a coincidence. Surely the guy who's la- – it's like, my name's Spy Forger. And you're like, okay, well, that guy can't be a spy. No way. But I also love, like – Everything that we know and, and have seen about um, Twilight so far is that, like, everybody else around him must know, like, okay, that's a stupid decision, but goddammit, Twilight can pull it off. <laughs> Son of a seem... bitch, he's the only one who can. That's probably why he got assigned this job was, they're like, well, this is a stupid fucking plan. Um, <laughs> but if anybody can do the plan, it's Twilight, I guess. Um, And we do get... With the apartment under his belt, Twilight's like, okay, well, now with that done, I need to acquire a kid. Uh, so he purposely finds the shadiest orphanage he can possibly find. Uh, knocks on the door where he's greeted by Mario, uh, who is <laughs> pretty drunk, I think, at this point in the day. Uh, he seems kind of, he's he's shellacked, for sure. Yeah. His face is so red. And uh, he's like, yes, excuse me, Garçon, I would like one child, please. And if they have to be a smart one, give me a smart he's one. Like, <laughs> uh, and this this little sequence is so incredible. Um, it's terrible. This is awful. <laughs> he was like, uh, I want, yes. If, go ahead. I want a child that can read and write. And, <laughs> they need and, to be uh, at least six. Don't ask, don't ask questions <laughs> about any of that. And, and, you know, Mario says, hey. This one over here. You can have this one. <laughs> this and one. Uh, this is where we meet Anya, um, the would-be child uh, participant in this mission. Yes, and uh, you can tell she's going to be a main character on the show because she has pink hair. She does have pink hair, and she's got uh, these adorable little um, 
horns. horns? I'm not sure what this Titan. uh head covering is Titan that she's hats. got. Katie, if you had to put your money on something, what would this be? A band? Oh gosh. A band? Uh probably. Like I think your tiny hats comment sounds good. <laughs> I, it would be I think that's fun to have two different tiny hats. i if money smart money's on the hairband, right? Yeah, a hairband with a tiny hat on it. <laughs> now it could be since it is revealed that she is in fact a telepath and can read minds uh which okay you know sure yeah. uh maybe whatever's under the little hats helps her read minds maybe they're like antenna oh yeah i hadn't i hadn't thought of that if they're uh there's some sort of like implant situation. There is a flashback sequence at one point, and I don't know if she's wearing the hats in the flashback. I don't believe so. So then, if that's the case, it might be you know like how Chun Li has those little oh, buttons yeah. with the mm. with the cloth okay. over it. Okay. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's actually probably the most correct answer is that it's just a way to cover your, the buns. But this is a spy show, damn it! I refuse to believe that anything would be simply for style. I think it's a part of the mind reading thing. Um, but it it is funny because uh, he comes in, he's like, "Okay, well, I need to know if she's smart." Uh, and Mario goes, "Well, um, she doesn't like to talk really, but I she's super smart and definitely whatever age you need her to be. Uh, you don't need to <laughs> fill out any paperwork." And he goes, "Okay." Um, uh, well, maybe I should just look around a little bit more. And she goes, oh, no, 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 I can fill out this crossword, uh, which has some of the most complex words I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, uh, do you, do you spend time, uh, at all doing crosswords? Uh, you know, you pull up the New York Times, uh, uh you know, every, every Sunday. Now and then. Um, homeostasis, I think was the first word. I've never yeah, seen that in a crossword. Wild. And that was the simplest word. Uh, that's the so wild and all that and also my favorite thing to do is to watch somebody else do a crossword or just look over somebody's shoulder and think to myself one down is homeostasis three across <laughs> is just like mentally forced like feeding her the answers this is how she completes the crossword is that he thinks the answers and then she just writes them down which is it's a lot of, you know, how they set this up. We're like, we don't need to care really how the family comes together. Um, as long as they, they just do. have to. Yeah. So at least they at least they picked a fun way to do it, you know? Oh, um, yeah. This well, could have very easily been boring, but instead we get a crossword filled with words like verisimilitude or, or whatever. Um, Jesus. This is the the humor in the show, too. They're like, versim- versim- I can't even say that. Versimilitude, uh, that's definitely in this universe's crossword. Oh, definitely. Um, well, without any paperwork, so I guess maybe Twilight's kidnapped a child. Uh, oh, absolutely. Just gets to walk out with a kid. Uh, and uh, is taking her home. He gets her set up in the apartment um, that he is renting. And... Uh, Turns out that she's a fan of the cartoon Spy Wars, which is part of the reason that she's like, 
this is the coolest dad that I could possibly have. He's just like uh, like the spies on Spy Wars. Yeah, what's the the character Bondman? Bondman? That is okay. That, I didn't see that in the episode. <laughs> That's actually a great name for a cartoon spy. Uh, I would love this to be a trope in other things where people adopt children and the children want to be their kid because they resemble a cartoon character that they love. Uh, for me, it would have been Bugs Bunny. I'm like, yeah, that's my dad, Bugs Bunny. Okay, interesting pick. Well, okay, uh, well, what's your pick then? If you were gonna, if you're like, okay, I'd pick a dad out of all the cartoon characters. Hmm. I don't know. There are so many great cartoon dads already. Uh, it doesn't love even have me to be like a. a I'm just gonna say like I love me like a Hank Hill. You know. Okay. Oh, I mean that's probably the correct choice, right? Katie, do you have a? If you're gonna go like, what's your cartoon dad? You're like, yep. Oh boy. <laughs> mm, the first thought was like tuxedo mask from Sailor Moon, ooh, ooh. <laughs> just because that's like my childhood. Yeah. Anime. I have only seen two episodes of Sailor Moon, where tuxedo mask did show up. And I was like, I, I'm sure he evolves over the course of that show, but I'm like, I don't know if I trust you at this moment yeah. in time. There now, are definitely different worlds within Sailor Moon that yeah. you wouldn't touch upon the first couple episodes. No. Well, and that being said, I did pick Bugs Bunny, who is, you know, not particularly responsible, but. You have a fun, you have a fun time though, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just like. Uh, Anya has a really fun time with her spy dad as she goes around and they run all these errands. Um, there's a really good joke in here. What is it? They go out and he's got to get like supplies for their apartment. He takes Anya with him because she wants to come. Uh, and after watching the TV, she goes, Papa, I want a pistol with a silencer. And he, <laughs> and he goes, if they have one on sale. <laughs> kids just being kids you know kids being kids you know when you were a kid and you're like i wish i could kill people silently my dad never sprung for the pistol with the silencer which is you know why we have a strained relationship now so that's how you show you love your kids which uh, he then chose in a real magical way that he loves his kid by attempting to uh, barricade her in the apartment the next time he needs to go out I believe to gather some information um, and she with, tries to follow with, yeah he's got to meet with Frankie uh, yeah the informant the coolest, coolest guy anytime you put like a like a New York accent on somebody who doesn't who's like like kind of a shady guy but also is the only guy with a New York accent I'm that's how you win me over. I was like, that's my favorite character. I don't need to know anything else about Frankie. I was so happy when he showed up in the second episode. I was like, hell yeah, supporting cast. They knew what they had. <laughs> and you do see a lot more uh, really fun shenanigans uh, involving him as the series goes on. Um, Love that so I think, I think he's definitely a fan favorite. Um, yeah, at least, in, you know, especially in our house uh, as well. Uh. 
I have to ask because it hit me pretty strongly at this point after he's sort of meeting or while he's meeting with Frankie because he's like thinking about how he might just return his kid. He's not sure that he is having a good time with her. He read, He's read all these parenting books. He stopped by the library. He's disappointed that there's not really an interrogation technique for kids. <laughs> well, I love that sequence because it makes it seem like Lloyd has never interacted with a child in his entire no, life. Never once. He's like, uh, I've never he's... had to assassinate one kid. <laughs> he's speaking of her as though she's like a, you know, an animal, like a, a new pet that you need to... Uh, house train, you properly. Know. Yeah, house train. And it is... I mean, it is like that. He's like, ah, well, when this is done, I'll just take her back. <laughs> ah, once I, you know, once we get through the mission, don't worry about it. Uh, but he does, like you said, barricade her in there because she is pretty good at sneaking out to meet with Frankie. Um, but it hit me at this point, which is the question I was gearing up to ask, which is, is the show a psyop? Is Was the show a psyop created by Japan to convince people to have families? Because... It is funny and cute, but there are, like, lines in this episode where they're like, gosh, I wish I could just start, I wish I could leave my spy life behind. I wish I didn't have to work so hard and I could just relax with my family. <laughs> and in the next episode, uh, the the main lady, the uh, thorn, thorn princess, uh, is like, gosh, I would just love to settle down so I could do my assassinating. Um, but there's like a line in the second episode that's like, is this a plot to reduce our, our oh. <laughs> nation's, uh, birth rate? And I was like, okay, yeah. that seems on the nose for a show from Japan. I mean, that's, that's a good point considering, um, you know, Japan specific birth rate issues, but like, I think that the, uh, the writer of the manga for this like really wanted to send up and poke fun at the like obsession with the nuclear family um, in Western media or rather in the Western like culture at large where it's like, Hey, you don't get sure. married by 30. Um, they were, they were um, talking about this incredibly beautiful woman as though she were an old maid and they're like oh, well yeah. you know you just turned 27 and you're not married and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah lots of expectations to be met about having a family and being happy with your life i suppose yeah expectations that the show doesn't necessarily even disagree with the the show itself's not like and that's a uh, at least in my you know first two episodes that I watched the show isn't like and they're fucked up for being like wow she should be married by this point in her life because the thorn princess immediately thinks to herself gosh they're right what am I doing I'm making all of my family nervous and my like my friends think I'm weird I just want to be able to keep house and I was like. Hmm. See, seems like I guess she's got to have a driving force to want to get married. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's simply a matter of convenience 
for this story to put these people together in the same house. Like, huh, how can we make that happen? What if she actually just really wanted to get married? What about that? I guess, I guess that makes sense. I was hoping for a Mr. and Mrs. Smith angle where they are secretly trying to kill each other or accidentally assigned to marry the other person. Uh, so I, think, I have a, I have like a sneaking suspicion that's got to happen at some point. There's no like, way it doesn't, right? We haven't seen it, but like if they do find out about each other, like that's how it will happen. I'm certain of it. Almost certainly. Um. Well, when okay, so at the apartment as as Twilight's meeting with Frankie, uh, Anya breaks into his spy room and like wants to find bombs and shit because she loves spies you know as you do uh but can't find any cool spy gadgets she can only find a spy radio where she accidentally um types out uh in morse code like this is twilight (laughs) catch me if you can like The show presumes that she did this on accident, but I like to think that she actually just knows Morse code. It was one of the many things she had to learn at the secret facility that made her. I'm, I'm sure of it. We do get, and we kind of get some of her backstory here as she's thinking about this, which I guess they are just, I, th- I guess Katie is right. They are just covers for her buns. Because when we flash back, she doesn't have the covers, but has the buns. And she uh, yeah. is a real... Stranger Things 11 experiment, it looks like. She didn't get to play with toys as a kid because they were too busy doing experiments to, uh, let me just check my notes here, have a six-year-old solve world peace, I guess? Huh. It's a miracle she's so well-adjusted. Yeah, it feels like, feels like maybe not, right? Um... Well, when Twilight gets back to his apartment, uh, they have managed to, the people, the same group that he screwed over in the beginning of the episode that he stole the the toupee photos from, have tracked down his signal to his apartment. And there are goons waiting there that he, there's a pretty well animated fight sequence here where he knocks them all out. Which is some of my favorite uh, stuff to watch in this show, because... The way that they've animated everything is, like, it's so visceral for a show that is essentially, like, a slice of life, um, it's like, anime. It's comedy, yeah. You, I was, for for I so much ex- of it. I, yeah, but for there's, most of the episode, is, it's like the comedy slice of life, and then they get right into, like, a really well-choreographed fight sequence. And then you see just how like adept twilight is at literally every facet of his job like he's got a bag of groceries and he whips a tuna can into this guy's face and it's animated in a way that his this guy's face wraps around the tuna can like that is how much force that uh twilight puts behind this like everything is a deadly weapon uh in this guy's hands uh that is the best part of the fight uh where he uses groceries to to, I guess, not kill him, but knock him out. Um, it kind of looks like that guy shouldn't be alive after what happened, but should be I guess dead. he's fine. I guess he's fine because uh, after he beats all these goons, uh, Twilight runs to his room and notices that they've kidnapped Anya. 
and as he's looking at this, he gets snuck up on by one of the goons and knocked the fuck out. Uh, and you're like, damn, Twilight, I thought you were better than this. I guess not. Uh, and we do cut to Anya, who's in a shopping cart, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> They're just like, I don't want to carry her. I get that she's six, but easier to just push her around in the cart. Uh, and they've tied her up and they're like, okay, well, you'll be a hostage. Twilight might come get you, but you know, if we can attract Twilight, maybe we can get, uh, Twilight to either give us the photos or steal the toupee right off of the prime minister's head. You know, that's a, that's proof enough. I think if you present a live toupee. Uh, that would lead to, you know, the absolute destabilization of the country. Uh, we like to joke. You know. We like to joke, but if, think for a second, if you're like, if it was 2018 and somebody showed up and put on your desk a blonde toupee and you're like, that's Donald Trump's hair, you'd be like, I need photo evidence right now. And they had a series of photos. Where they're like, yeah, here's the evidence right here. It's Donald Trump. He's in a wig. Every time you've seen him, he's been wearing this blonde wig and I took it from him. You'd be like, holy shit, I think I can bring the United States to its knees right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never underestimate the power of a rogue hairpiece on the world stage. Exactly. Um, well, the best joke in the episode happens in this kidnapping scene uh because uh the evil bearded guy who i guess works for the rival country or the rival half of berlin uh mm-hmm. he's like well if if we can't use her as a hostage we'll get twilight to steal the toupee right off the prime minister's head and one of the goons goes uh Boss, you know, I, I don't know if we like the like the toupee angle's good. Maybe we should just forget about it. Uh, he pulls out a gun and shoots him in the face. Incredible. With the, with the silencer. Yes, Katie. Incredible comedic timing. Uh, and the six-year-old child who just saw a cold-blooded murder happen, three freight in front of her face, went, Oh, shit. That's a pistol with a silencer. <laughs> Holy she shit. really is. She really is ecstatic just to be a part of of the spy movie that she lives in. She she eats it up, even when uh, she probably uh, she probably shouldn't. And I'm sure this will come back to to haunt her <laughs> later on. Yeah, this feels like a therapy moment in the future. I like how her um, she's enthused. Uh, the goons are not horrified by this. They're more like a ha shucks. Ah, jeez. <laughs> if you look at all the goons' faces, their buddy didn't just get shot in face and killed. It's everyone's like, "Ah, oh, man, boss is really lost at this time." Like, yeah, they're like, uh, oh, "At least it wasn't me today." They're more annoyed that they have to pick up the body and move it. Yeah. Um. At this moment, Twilight, uh, a kidnapped Twilight, arrives, and he. Uh, uh, two goons bring him up like a, a, a bag over his head bound Twilight uh, 
and uh, one of the goons is like, uh, he's the real deal. He's what a cool fighter. Uh, uh, shit. He's and what a <laughs> handsome spy he was too. Like, damn, really kicked our asses. And you're like, all right, man, we get it. Like, <laughs> good job bringing him in. Where they uh, they unmask him to find out. No, it was the goon uh, that just dropped him off. And Twilight has escaped, taken the face, done another Mission Impossible face switch, and uh, has already out the door with Anya. I'm... Like, insane thing number 17 happens in this episode, which is that he disguises this man, tells Anya to go find a police station yeah, um, <laughs> so that she can go be put in a better orphanage because he now feels bad that he's endangered a child in this way. Yeah, um, he, he is pretending to be this goon, and Anya, who of course can read minds, is like, oh, that's my dad. Uh, yeah, Papa is a liar. That's what she Papa keeps saying. Liar. <laughs> and And because he's telling her, like, hey, me and my friends, don't worry about it. Uh, we're just some pro tag players. That's what we do. We play tag. We love to um, play tag. And it's Enjoy fine, it. actually. Run to the uh, cops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the and she takes it and kind of walks that way. Uh, but he, you know, here's his thoughts, and she's like, "Um, you know, actually, no, I don't think I I want to leave him." Uh, the goons come after him and get uh, tra- like he's laid traps from good spy shit, right? Like the uh, the mask reveal of him as a goon was a good spy twist. The traps are a good spy moment. Uh, but it's just enough to get him as he's, like, taking down people in in this... Fog's the wrong word. It's like flower in the air. Uh, but he, he does get the guy behind him and basically is like, here's why you shouldn't mess with me. I know everything about your daughter. Like, I know her name. I know her address. I know where all the moles on her body are. Which is basically a a crazy spy way to say, hey, listen, pal, I had sex with your daughter, <laughs> and I'll kill her and you. It's like a, the one-two punch of being attacked by a spy. Again, Lloyd is not a nice man. No. <laughs> Imagine being like, I captured a spy. Now, I get that this guy just killed one of his henchmen, so you definitely know he's evil. But imagine like you captured a spy only for him to break out by impersonating one of your goons and then sneak up behind you, put a gun to the back of your head and be like, I fucked your daughter, man. Don't make me kill you. Like, <laughs> brutal. Uh, he gets done with this uh, intimidation, I guess, and Anya has been waiting for him outside. She's counting ants. Uh, and he goes, oh, whoa, I, I thought I told you to go to the police station. I mean, I was just doing some shopping. Uh, I guess we should go home now. Not sure how you got out of the barricade. <laughs> it's like, what were you doing out here? I was just playing tag with some old guys. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> ask me questions. And Lloyd um, says, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It, yeah, I guess. Um, they go home where uh, he has Anya study to pass this entrance exam. Uh which is the whole reason he got her from the orphanage is to have her take this test to get into this fancy school. 
she does it. She doesn't even cheat, right? She the only reason she passes is because he specifically helped her study. She tries to read everybody's minds, but they are very confused. So she has to rely on her own schooling. Real growth moment for Anya there. A huge growth moment for her. And also, shockingly, Twilight here, because he waits to see if uh, she passed the exam, found her name, and is so happy he, like, spins her around in the air like, like a true dad. And gets so happy that he faints. And is like, <laughs> what the fuck? Did I relax? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> He's becoming Can't relax parent. even for a fucking second. What'd you say, Kate? Sorry? <laughs> He's becoming a good parent. I guess. Against his own will. Against his <laughs> own will. <laughs> Imagine being bullied into being a good dad uh, by your telepathic uh, daughter. Uh, I really like that episode. Uh, I think we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Season 1, Episode 2, Secure a Wife. Episodes are titled this way. I think Secure a Wife is the funniest title. All caps. All caps. Secure secure a wife. (laughs) Uh, Love to open the dossier, the mission, if I choose to accept it. Uh, Securing a hot babe for a wife. Uh, It is... Okay, a thing I've noticed about anime episode titles is that all of the episodes have extremely literal titles until you get, like, a banger episode. They're either, like, Deku fights Bakugo or the class field trip, and you're like, okay. Uh, But every now and then you get a secure wife, and you're like, this is what I live for. I wish they were all like this. Is it just because, I think Lexi might have pointed out that a lot of these episodes are based off of uh, manga adaptations, so they don't necessarily, I guess, I don't know, I haven't read a lot of manga, but they don't necessarily have, the way that they break down episodes, they don't necessarily have episode titles in that same way. Like, they might have episode, like, chapter titles. Uh, Yeah, I could see that being the case that, like, Okay, we know that this is the the thing that we want to happen, and it doesn't necessarily correlate with the way the the books are laid out. So it's like, what what happens in this chunk of story? Yeah, well, he's got to secure a wife. That's what he does. So uh, that's what we'll call it: secure yes. a wife. I have not seen all that many 
uh, OPs, the intros, in my time. Um, I think this intro animation is pretty cute. I think the song is just fine. Just fine. Just fine. Uh, I mean, do you like this song? I think the animation kicks ass. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not like the strongest uh, combo of of song and visual, but I think it fits. Um, I think it fits well. The vibe is like very. And you kind of grow with it as you keep watching the anime. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the thing I've noticed about a lot of intros is that the more that I watch a show, the more I'm like, okay, I like this better now. Um. Not initially, though. I don't know. There is, uh, I think the the intro animation, pretty cute. I like it. But the ending song is way better. I think that's, it's kind of an interesting thing because I, I feel like it's usually the opposite for everything that I've watched. Like the, the opener is like, that's the showpiece. That's what everyone like comes to see you're like oh shit it's time right now and then like the the closer is kind of an afterthought so i think you're probably right the fact that it's flipped for you here is interesting the only okay yeah i guess if i'm thinking about my hero academia the ending song always is kind of meh Mm -hmm. to be fair the intros are also kind of meh for my hero but um the only good intro like that is definitely better than the ending one was hands off my eyes again that one was great that's probably the, an all-timer for me oh yeah for sure um well as we get into the episode we start the episode with my boy frankie uh twilight needs to of course secure a wife he can't make his plan go off without uh, a woman to fill the role of his wife and so I like how his first thought was, well, let's just get Frankie in on this. Let, let's see. Let's see. He's like, I don't know if I want to romance and court a woman. So what if I just bullied Frankie into it? Uh, and uh, Frankie has the legs for it, but he's like, I this is not coming together for me, man. I don't know what is going on, but. You have completely failed to make me beautiful. But, you know, Frankie, you don't have to be so hard on yourself. We don't know. Don't let... Twilight's not very nice. We can't let him judge how you look. The only thing we can be sure of is that uh, Twilight's experience uh, crafting costume for himself uh, means that he's probably a cosmetic expert as well, and... I believe that he probably did do the best possible work he could do for Frankie to uh, he, he has you know, beautify him. Yeah, he has a full like beauty makeup kit, which I can only assume is part of his disguise kit. Uh, and but it is like it maybe it's like just a function of uh, you know how these things are drawn and animated. But I love that um, Twilight's um, like vision of what a woman's makeup should be is like it includes two perfect circles of blush on the cheeks <laughs> he really was like now i have seen a picture of a woman before and i did my best with what i have um 
Anya's been watching a lot of cartoons, and I've tried to mesh my knowledge together. <laughs> uh, but uh, ultimately, is gonna have to decides that he probably needs to get a lady who does her own makeup at the very least. Um, and we cut to God. What is her name? Thorn Princess. Your Your Briar. Your Briar. Okay. Briar, I get it. Uh, yeah, and you can. <laughs> I noticed between your and Twilight is that they have very similar uh, jewelry. Twilight has a dagger pin on his suit that's always like on his lapels, and your has dagger earrings, which are very distinctive uh, and pretty cool. I like it. It ties it together. That's how you know they're meant to be together. Yeah, they're destined. Uh, she's got red eyes, so you know that she's secretly a murderer. Uh, but in this opening scene, she's on break with all of her co-workers at a, a coffee shop. And they are... It's real mean girl hours in here. They're being so mean to her for no reason. Oh, they are bullies. All of them. And she is so oblivious to everything she, 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 i mean she gets what's happening she's not like she's not like not understanding that they're bullying her but she's mostly like oh i guess they have a point i guess i am kind of sad and weird and i don't have a boyfriend and i'm like no you're <laughs> don't listen to them they're just being mean uh but in this conversation they they kind of slip in that another spy was caught recently and boy, your sure is being pretty suspicious. Um, you know, what would make you less suspicious? A boyfriend. Cause you know, spies don't date. Well, cause they, did they even say, uh, in their explanation of this, that they were a spy or just that it was a woman in her late twenties and she got picked up just because she's a woman in her late twenties. I, I mean, they imply that she, I mean, is a spy, but also it feels like that's not true. And they just like send all of the unmarried women to jail at some point. Uh, well, they invite her to a party and they're like, you should come. Love to, you know, we'll try to set you up. We'll get you hitched. Uh, and she goes, oh, yeah, sure. Um. I'll already have a date, though. You don't need to bring anybody for me. I don't need to be set up at your weird passive-aggressive party. Uh, and uh, she goes home and he has a call with her brother who's like, I've got a big promotion coming up, but I can't take it because you're not married. Sorry. You know how when you talk to your siblings, they're like, I base a lot of my important life decisions on the fact <laughs> on whether or not you're dating anybody. Well, and it doesn't come up so much, you know, here in this episode, but, you know, very shortly after this, uh, like the nature of their relationship, uh, uh, your and her brothers is disturbing, uh, okay. to put it lightly. I'm going to have um, to. Okay. So, like, like, yeah, just. The notes of, like, you know, protective, like, overbearing 
uh, sibling get dialed to 11 a little bit later on. Okay. That's interesting. There's This show is uh, doing a lot because it is it's got a comedy veneer, like a comedy slice of life, life cute veneer over uh, genuinely pretty disturbing moments. Uh, and that's a winning combo in my book. I think that's fucking fun, actually. It uh, is really kind of compelling, isn't it? Uh, like, often they don't explore, uh, you know, a lot of the real, like, darker side of things, but it's constantly alluded to. Um, I guess that's and, fun, and, you know, for, like, a spy setting where the violence is sort of baked in. Um, I don't know. I like it. I'm I'm digging it so far. Uh, she tells her uh, brother on the phone that not only does she have a date to this party that uh, a friend of her brother Yuri's is invited to, uh, but she uh, she has a date and it's her boyfriend. Uh, so she's like. She hangs up the phone. She's like, well, I'm fucked. I lied to my brother. And now he's got like a, like an actual person there that can report back to him to so like tell him that I came to the party all by myself. And then he's going to like, it'll fuck up his promotion. And then I'm, it's going to be a weird vibe that I lied to him. Um, so I guess they're laying the groundwork for this relationship to be pretty unhealthy in the future. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then uh yeah what happens immediately after that uh (laughs) concerning phone call oh Uh, yours got to go do a murder actually she's got to do more than one murder she gets a phone call from the shopkeeper which by the way fucking good spy handler name Uh they've really done their research uh shopkeeper calls and is like You've got a new target. It's at the Royal Hotel, room 1307. Um, she comes up dressed to the nines and kills like 10 dudes in a in a, a whole wing of a hotel. I like that she dressed up for this. She did not have to. Yeah, my wonder, um, when I saw this the first time, I was like, oh, is this just... Is this just the way her uh, her whole like assassin agency works? Is they all dress like, you know, in these like crazy like sexy outfits while they're out assassinating people? Um, I don't think so. I think it's a personal choice because ideally, nobody makes it out, right? Everybody dies. Ideally, yeah. So like, um, nobody would be alive to know that you dress like a slob like if you did your assassinating in sweatpants who would know i would know you know uh, yeah I exactly know. which is why i think your was like no I'm, if i'm gonna kill people i want to look nice while well, i do it you know well we'll have to see if somewhere down the line we meet other people uh in her in her line of work seems like we're because i'm curious explore that well, the dress comes back to bite her because she accidentally rips it as she's killing all those people. Which seems, you know, like, she says it's her only dress, her only nice one. And it feels like if you're assassinating people, you could just get a nicer dress, right? Like, what are they paying you for? 
is she being paid? I assume she is being paid. Uh, supposedly, that is how she took care of herself and her brother uh, growing up. So, huh. I'd hope that means they get money. Yeah. I don't know she if I would work- be spending it on murder dresses, necessarily. I, mean, I don't know. That's like your whole vibe. What else would you be spending it on? If you, Okay, if you were going to murder people, what would you spend the money on? Um, Probably like a PlayStation, honestly. Like just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if I killed somebody, I'd probably buy a PS5. <laughs> okay, Katie, what would you buy then? If you were going to murder somebody. Um, a very expensive dog, probably. <laughs> okay. Now, does the I want to buy do... responsibility. That's what you want to do. <laughs> Here's a good follow-up question. Is the dog doing murders with you? I mean, probably. I mean, probably. The, I mean, that's your equivalent to the murder dress, right? You're just feeding back into your hobby. You're like, I'm, I'm doing the murders, so I bought a dog that will help me do the murders. You know, it's like I do all my murders in my cute dress. So I buy more cute dresses to do murders in. And, you know, this is how you end up spending all that money on your hobby. It all goes back into the business. Mm. Smart. It's a tax write off. Hmm. Uh, This is a good she's like there's a moment where she's like she realizes she's ripped her dress she's like cleaning weapons and she goes oh god i'll never be a homemaker god i want to be a housewife (laughs) but the only thing i'm good at is cleaning house and i was like that's a fucking good pun i don't know how they translated (laughs) that but that was good great job that is Uh, that is very good and it leads into uh this nice little meat cute uh we get at the tailor shop Yes, uh, Twilight. Twilight goes to the tailor shop because he realizes that uh, his daughter is kind of just wearing big T-shirts, and if he's gonna, if she's gonna go to this fancy private school, she better, you know, wear rich people clothes. Uh, and while they meet there, uh, he is kind of like covertly staring at her. Um, doing a spy thing she sneaks up on him first right doesn't hear her coming which surprises him and then he's staring at her like like discreetly uh and she's like pretty weird that you're staring at me and he goes fuck damn wow what a woman (laughs) like (laughs) another uh, moment where uh where twilight realizes that uh he's He's letting his guard down too much. Yeah, he's getting he's uh, getting rusty at this. Uh, it is good though. The uh, basically he reads both of their minds, or um, Anya reads both of their minds and realizes that this woman is a assassin, and she's like, "What's cooler than having a spy dad, but an assassin mom?" Uh, Which so is so convenient for Anya that everybody thinks exactly what is necessary uh, for the plot. Yeah, it uh, sure at any is given like, moment, you sure do get cuts of their thought process that Anya is like picking up on, and it's like, gosh, I would love to be in. Uh, I 
I would die to be in love with this tall, blonde, handsome stranger, and I secretly need to bring a boyfriend. <laughs> and you're like, and Anya's like, ah, thanks for and if I, those exact things. <laughs> if I don't bring a boyfriend to this party, everyone will find out I'm an assassin. <laughs> Anya's like, yeah. oh no, Anya's an like, assassin? She's <laughs> like, oh shit. Wow, very literal thinkers. She goes, oh, I need a mother so badly. Father's so alone. Uh, and and Twilight's like, uh, yeah, uh, her mom died, and boy, I it's such a rough job raising a child. Um, and uh, basically, they both get manipulated by a six-year-old into uh, she's going to take him on a date to pretend to be her boyfriend at this party. And he is like, that's great. In trade, I kind of need you to pretend to be her mom for an entrance exam thing. Uh, you know, they'll ask a lot of questions at this fancy school. And, you know, I'll, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Yor doesn't think that's weird. She's like, yeah, no, I get that. My, my She was like, my ask is weird. Pretend to be a boyfriend. I'll pretend to be a mom for no reason at all. <laughs> um pretty cool spy sequence here he uh uh twilight goes grocery shopping and the change that they give him is uh is like a coin that pops open that gives him coordinates or like a coded message that saturday the same night as his date he's supposed to like rob uh art off of a like from the docks like steal it uh with of course frankie his only friend to make it go faster because he already has an assigned date <laughs> yeah and he's like you know who would help me who would really get down to brass tacks and make this mission go easier uh my informant a guy who doesn't know how to do this <laughs> Uh, and yeah, this, uh, side mission does not go swimmingly. Frankie doesn't really help. In fact, he's kind of surprised people are shooting at them, which, you know, come on. <laughs> uh, he steals a ring very specifically. He's like, ah, it's the diamond for when I propose to this girl. Uh, or at least use it as part of the disguise for the school entrance. Yor, on the other hand, has waited far too long for Twilight to show up. Uh, so she's like, fuck, I guess I just gotta go to this party all by myself. Um, and, uh, Jesus, they are uh, not being nice to her at this party. Oh, no. No, they are not. Uh, the bullying before was a bit of an appetizer. Uh so I guess what is the main dish of doing this very publicly in front of uh, all of the people that they know, I guess. Yeah. It's, this is mean. And also they turn around and they're like, ah, she's probably a spy, right? She doesn't have a boyfriend, so she's definitely a spy. <laughs> I think this is a fun thing to do with your single friends. If you're ever at a party and somebody doesn't uh, have a partner, you just be like, just turn it around to your friends that you're talking to and loudly sort of whisper like, they're a spy. They're probably a spy. That's why they're single. They have their spy written all over them. I can tell. They work for the government. 
Uh, yeah, this is where you get that uh, concern that she might be a yeah a, 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 a spy sent specifically <laughs> to uh, lower the country's birth rate. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, is this a psyop? <laughs> I think that would be funny that the spy show was actually also a psyop. I think that would be good. That's the last um, thing you'd ever expect. Uh, so that's yeah. the, it's the perfect plan, really. Uh, uh, they meet Dominic, who is sort of uh, her brother's friend, and he's like, "Oh, well, I thought you were coming with a date, but I guess I'll, you know, I'll tell him that, that he didn't show up." Um, and uh, he seems embarrassed. He's he's dating the blonde woman who is who is yours coworker. Who is like designed in a lab to be mean to your and right as and you know she's like well i really can't have my brother figure out about this um what if i killed everybody in this room and then no one would find out because they'd all be dead um and she's like looking which is kind of like the no, go ahead. That's like the fallback uh, thought for Yor. That's like her her like comfy place is like, well, I know that I'm being weird right now, but if everyone was dead, then um, I'm the normal one, actually. So um, uh, I have an out <laughs> if I need I, it. I guess, I guess that's a good thing to keep in your back pocket at all times. It's like, well, if I killed everyone in this room, no one would know that I was embarrassed. <laughs> You know, I think it's good to avoid all of your most shame-filled moments by considering killing witnesses. Uh, she does feel awkward after a certain point, though, and she gets up to leave. Uh, whereon a a blood-spattered twilight bursts in. Uh, and it's like, please <laughs> with, forgive my with... tardiness. <laughs> <laughs> This is possibly the best excuse I've ever heard for showing up in such a state. Um, not even trying to pass it off as like, though, no, I was in a car accident on the way here. You know, the thing that happened, which is also, I assume, a normal thing for people who are not spies to experience is like, you get into car crashes sometimes. Sometimes, and you show up bloody to a party. Um, in the dub, he says that he... Because his cover is, I don't know if we've mentioned it, is that he's pretending to be a psychologist. Uh, in the dub, at least, he shows up and he's like, sorry, one of my patients went wild and attacked me. Uh, and that's why I was late. And I was like, oh shit, man. Like, <laughs> I would have gone with the car crash. Like, <laughs> damn. Which, yeah, is that not the most insane thing to say? Um yeah, you know, because he's, what does he say? He says, it happens all the time to psychiatrists. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, does it? Really? Um, and he's like, anyway, this is, sorry, please, this is my wife. I'm her husband. And she goes, I just needed you to pretend to be my boyfriend. And he goes, oops, the, my concussion <laughs> from my car accident uh, made me switch up missions in my head. Uh, the mean blonde lady sees that, uh, she has a hot husband, question mark, and immediately tries to spill hot food on her on purpose. Uh, yeah, the old, the old oops, I seem to have slipped. Sorry. Uh, which she catches with her foot. Impressive. 
Um, Dominic, her boyfriend, is like mortified this whole time. I think it's worth mentioning. It's just like you ever <laughs> you're out in public and you're like, oh my god, I wish that I weren't <laughs> here with them. They suck and they're ruining it for everybody. That's her. He Dominic. he does seem to be the only uh, normal. Uh, person in this entire interaction uh, unwittingly playing the straight man to like just the most like wild people that you could possibly meet love that for him uh, well Lloyd's like mm, she's being rude I think we should just leave uh, and in fact all the mean things you said about her, I actually think those are positives. So maybe you should just stop being so rude. Um, they go. Well, and this is a great moment, I think, to point out how, like, actually emotional the show gets uh, at times. And because the rest of it is so lighthearted and funny, like, when it gets emotional, like, it hurts. I'm going to be honest. I, like, I well up watching this show sometimes. Because I mean, it is, like it is touching. It's the one thing that she doesn't get from anybody else, and you can tell Twilight is sincere when he says it too, because otherwise he would have just dipped, like just taken her and left. But it's very sweet. Uh, Twilight takes your, and they get in the car, uh, and the the car chase from earlier resumes. I guess it was just there was a break in it for a little bit uh, before they get run off the road and have to go it on foot and there is a bunch of goons attacking him uh, and she's like why are there all these people attacking you and he goes oh don't worry about it they're my patients <laughs> ah there's just so many of them having mental breakdowns tonight real rough stuff um, and he's like taking him out with pipes he's like doing cool like spy <laughs> kicks uh, and she's like can you can you hit your patients? Uh, and he goes, "Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Definitely." It's the it's the newest uh, it's the newest concussive therapy, is uh, is what he says. Yeah, Beating something to that effect. <laughs> with my fists, uh, she, you know, he does a bunch of cool spy shit. She accident like actually kicks some people, and she goes, "Oh, just took some self defense classes." And then apologizes. She says, I know I'm not a professional. Is that okay? <laughs> she goes, uh, that wasn't, that was a hobby assassination attempt. That wasn't, I don't do this for a job. Uh, but, you know, I think in this moment where they're fighting off goons, they're like, oh shit, we should just, we should get married for real. I think that would just be good. Uh, he, the ring that he stole from earlier has fallen out of his pocket in the fight, unfortunately. So he proposes with a grenade pin, uh, which is very funny and good, actually. It's peak parody of, like, spy movie shenanigans. And, I mean, it's like playing the spy music in the background. It's a, it's a both a cute moment and also like they're killing people with a grenade, which is funny. I like how yours like not gonna think too hard about it. Like, well, if he's you know if he's blowing his patients up with a grenade, I'm sure it has a perfectly good reason, uh, cognitively for that to be happening. 
And that imagery specifically too reminds me so much of like um, a motif that you might see in like the opening cinematic for a Bond film, you know, oh, slipping yeah. a wedding ring onto a finger, but it's a grenade, grenade pin, uh, pin it's instead. It's very fun. I, I, that's the end of the episode, but I, I think I might just watch the rest of this now. I'm hooked. I think it's great. I'm having it's more a, fun with it, this. Sorry, go ahead. It's, it's really good. Um, they you you might be wondering you know with all of these uh like uh different you know plots up in the air everybody's kind of got their own thing going on um how do they balance this going forward and uh the answer is they don't they don't (laughs) they don't like at all (laughs) i was like i was like wow that seems like one of the core tensions of the show is how is everybody gonna handle their own thing um doesn't come up i guess well, you do have to, like, everybody does get their own moments and storylines, but you do have to, like, be conscious that people are going to take a backseat for a while. Like, you just might not learn what Yor is up to for, like, three or four episodes. Okay. Which is a All bummer, right. because I, I, you know, I want to see so much more of her, um, like, side of the thing. Like, yeah, her being a, a sexy assassin lady is, uh, is pretty cool. There's so much um, you can do here with that and like as a tension, like a, again, like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith thing where they, the other person, yeah, exactly. is, like, you know, you're a spy and they've been assigned to the other person. Like, that's fun. I don't know. Hopefully you see more of that in the future. I definitely had more fun with these two episodes than I am currently with My Hair Academia. So I'm sure Lexi will be thrilled to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I would put them kind of in the same tier of. No. Uh, no. anime for me it's uh yeah definitely more slice of life-esque but fantasy-ish <laughs> I don't know. it's also it's got... like it's got kind of like a sign and anime thing to it like everything about it kind of skews older and more serious mm-hmm. but it's published in shonen jump oh in shonen jump Which is... really yeah that seems so... like a wild cross Hmm. Well, I I will definitely have to come back to it if uh, uh, if uh, Lexi hits the eject button on My Hair Academia, I'll be sure that this makes it into <laughs> the mix for our next tournament bracket, in which case we'll have to have you both back on and we can discuss it a bit more once I have learned the secrets from season one. <laughs> yeah, I hope you get back to it, man. This is such a fun like taste of... Like, just a really solid show overall. Yeah, it's a great opener. A lot of shows do not have a good two-episode epi- two opener, I've found. Um, they might get better later, but they do not put their best foot forward. And this really comes out strong, I think. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. Uh, do you guys have uh, places online people can find you if they want to check you out and... and follow you anywhere do you have work that you want to plug you know not at the moment um i guess we've kind of doing the uh yeah doing the unplug from from the online thing um but who knows maybe we'll get back into it you can find me on linkedin (laughs) 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 Uh, well i for one still have a twitter or x as it's called 
Not to me. Anime Chicky, C H I K Y, because you know, growing up as an anime nerd, but as you should. Find Listen, me there. that <laughs> like you don't have you don't have to explain it here. This is the one podcast where you can just drop that and people are like, "Yep, makes sense." <laughs> oh. Uh, and you can find me on twitter.com at not underscore daredevil. You can find the show there. But why would you? Nobody's updating it on Twitter. You could go to the Sakugapod Tumblr and whatever the other one Lexi runs. She's not here right now to do her full uh, plug. So this is the this is me revealing that I kind of tune out at this part when Lexi's talking and doing the wrap-up part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do know that our email, if you have a question, she she did move back to Tumblr actually. She's got a, she's operating a full Tumblr, which I guess is seeing pretty decent updates. So Ooh. you're on Tumblr, check out Sakugupod, uh, and you can also give me the show at Sakugupod at gmail.com. If you have questions or just want to write in with a comment, you could. Um, while you're there writing us uh, an email you can leave us a five-star review on your podcaster of choice we'd love to uh get that info and if you're out in the world uh like katie and isaac now has to do they have to go to any conversation that they're going to have in the next week or so and be like listen i i get that we were talking about something totally unrelated but i was on an anime podcast recently and you have to listen to it it's the most important thing that they can't compromise on contractually when we brought them on both of them agreed to plug it non-stop in their in real life conversations of course yes he can't get really hard right now <laughs> <laughs> um and if you wanted to go out into the world and be like oh shit i think i'm gonna start watching spy family because a podcast i really like turned me on to it then go ahead and give us a plug we'd really appreciate it um, I'd also like to thank, uh, Rainbow Lithium for giving us the podcast artwork that you see in our logo. I designed it and we'd also like to thank Lexi, who's not here. Uh, she's on a different case right now, but she will be doing the editing for this episode. So sorry. Uh, hmm. Is there any other outro that I'm missing here? I don't think so. I think that's all of it. You can tell I'm just the guy that holds the notepad for Sherlock. <laughs> um, well, with uh, with that out of the way, I think we have adopted a child from a pretty sketchy orphanage. Uh, we've fallen in love with a beautiful assassin, and I think we consider, consider this case uh, pretty well closed. That oh, is, uh, yeah. I, shit, I forgot to say we studied the Sakuga. We did that too. <laughs> studied the Sakuga and secured a wife. Mm-hmm.